SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown. With you for the next half hour, we're t- chatting all things sport, and it's been a pretty busy sporting day today. And uh, coming up on this evening's show, we'll be touching base with the editor of SA Cricket Magazine, Tom Sizen, uh, to get his thoughts on the new appointments of Pro Tiers coach. We'll also be talking the Comrades Marathon as uh, the 2018 edition was launched today. Race director Rowan James will be joining us live on this evening's show. And we'll also head to Flashing Meadows to get the latest from the US Open. And it's going to be a jam-packed schedule, playing schedule there today with uh, over 80 matches scheduled because of the rain last night in New York. But uh, Simon Campbell will be joining us shortly. We start with cricket news. South, uh, cricket South Africa confirmed today that Otis Gibson is the new Pro Tiers bowling coach. Gibson, who's currently the England bowling coach, will join the Pro Tiers after England's test series against the West Indies. The former West Indies fast bowler and coach assigned a two-year deal and replaces Russell Domingo at the helm. Domingo has been appointed as the head coach of the South African A-side. Also announced today that Shukri Conrad will head up the National Academy. Pakistan's anti-corruption tribunal... Today banned opening batsman Shahjil Khan for five years for his part in a a spot-fixing scandal. Bangladesh made history earlier today with their first ever win over Australia by 20 runs in their first test match in Mirpur. Shakib Al-Hassan picked up another five-wicked haul in the second innings to go with the five he picked up in the first to help restrict Australia to 244 despite a 112 uh, run uh, innings from David Warner in Australia's second innings. Bangladesh have now won tests against England, Sri Lanka and Australia within the last year. On to netball news, the Spa Proteas put up a great fight in their quad series clash against the Australian Diamonds today. The Diamonds edged the Proteas 58-52. And prior to the match, Australia had an average winning margin of 21 goals against South Africa, with a six-goal thriller the closest between the two nations in 50 years. The day's other match saw England narrowly beat New Zealand 49-45. In football news, Cape Town City has reportedly dropped the asking price of one-to-way attacking midfielder Lebuchang Manyama from 15.5 million rand to 12.4 million rand. African champions Mamelodi Sundowns are expected to be the first in line domestically to sign the prolific 26-year-old who scored 13 premiership goals for the citizens last season. Recently, the player has fallen out of favour with the club after reports emerged of a training, round, uh, training ground bust-up with coach Benny McCarthy. In other transfer news, Bidvest Witz midfielder Jabulani Shongwe has joined Lamontville Golden Arrows on a season-long loan, while in England, West Brom have completed the signing of Arsenal left-back Kieran Gibbs for £7 million on a four-year deal. And if media reports are to be believed, Leicester City midfielder Danny Drinkwater has submitted a transfer request and uh, amid interest from Chelsea. On to running news. The Comrades Marathon Association today announced a major change to the 2018 downrun next year. The race will finish at the iconic Moses Mabida Stadium for the first time as opposed to the traditional downrun finish at the Kingsmead Cricket Stadium. In rugby news, Springbok prop Cree Oosthuizen underwent a scan yesterday to examine his rib injury that he picked up in Salter at the weekend. The scan revealed that there was no fracture and Oosthuizen will rejoin the Bok group. He'll only, though, be considered for selection for the clash against Australia in Perth next Saturday if the pain settles sufficiently.
Southern Kings coach Dion Davids is cautiously optimistic ahead of the Guinness Pro 14 competition, which will see his side and the Fleet Cheetahs become the first non-European sides to participate in the tournament. The Kings left for Europe last night, and Davids says the team and himself are very excited for the upcoming challenge. Yeah, no, definitely we're looking forward. Quite exciting. Um, quite excited about what, what lies ahead. Um, uh, new, new environment. Quite a, a different challenge uh, to Super Rugby. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, we, we look, we look to, to explore this unknown and see what happens. Davids has commended Captain Michael Willemser along with King Senior players Andisa Nsila, Burton Klaassens and Luzuko Vilindlu for the leadership that they've shown in helping mould the team's culture from where they had left off in Super Rugby. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Mike was part of our leadership group um, last year and uh, he understands the culture and, and the way you want to play. And I think also there was a lot of youngsters that we've exposed to um, the different methods of learning throughout the year, and you mentioned uh, on the Chila and the Zuko Balunklu and Burton Klaassen and all of these guys, and I think um, they will contribute tremendously in terms of our coachings, and they've played a big role in, in the short space of time, in bringing the energy and bringing the understanding and, 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 and do some peer teaching with the guys as we went along, and that is important to have, to have a little bit of the core and, and, and to grow with it. It was another thrilling day at the Vuelta a España today, stage 11 uh, it was, and it was won by standard pro teams Miguel Angel Lopez of Colombia, uh, heads of uh, Team Sky's Christopher Froome and Vicenzo Nibali of Bahrain Merida, which means uh, Froome has extended his lead atop uh, the general classification. He's still in red. He is now 1 minute 19 seconds ahead of Nibali. Johan Esteban Chavez Rubio of Orica Scott has moved down into third place. Coming up next here on SAFM Small Trap, we'll be chatting some tennis. Gospel Avenue brings you a dose of a spiritual experience into your home. Get to know your favorite celebrities through gospel music every Sunday as Kayam Tetua takes you on an exclusive SABC One Sunday experience. This is our brand new show, Gospel Avenue, every Sunday at 9 a.m. on SABC One. Hashtag Be New With One. In every thriving community in our country, there are women dedicated to creating a stronger society. We salute them. SAFM, honoring the women of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to SAFM, and as you heard on PM Live this afternoon, our top story, finally... Cricket South Africa announcing uh, who the new Proteas coach is going to be and uh, as I said in my bulletin it was uh, the worst kept secret in the history of secrets everyone uh, and their dog has known that Otis Gibson was taking over but Cricket South Africa only confirming it today and we join now by the editor of SA Cricket magazine Tom Sizen. Tom welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap again. No real surprise really uh, it's, it was just needed to be rubber stamped everyone knew he was coming yeah, thanks, Brad. Yeah, as you said, the worst kept secret. Uh, we all knew it. Uh, it was just a matter of CSA making it official because, I mean, everyone was saying it. We just needed that confirmation in order to put out the story for sure. But, um, yeah, CSA finally making the decision, and it was actually the England Cricket Board who uh, released the news first today. So, um, yeah, Gibson, as expected, the inevitable's happened. 
interesting thing about what's happened is that Russell Domingo has effectively been relegated as SAA coach. Yeah, I wanted to, to ask about, we'll get onto that in a moment, but your thoughts on, on Gibson as, as the head coach of the Proteas? He's, he's obviously no stranger to South Africa. He's, he's spent some time here. Uh, he's coached the West Indies and, and had some success with the West Indies. Is he the right man for the job from a Proteas perspective? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's an interesting selection. Um, I think obviously CSA were looking for someone with international experience and a bit of playing experience and, I suppose Gibson fits the mold in that regard because he's got experience as head coach of the West Indies and he's been bowling coach for England for some time now. So he's got a lot of international experience and he's also got some playing experience in South Africa. Of course, he played for, um, I think, Griqualand West and Gauteng for a while. So he's got a bit on his CV and he's got a little bit of South African cricketing knowledge. So I think he ticks quite a few boxes. Um, but, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. We don't really know how he's going to fare until those results come. Yeah, absolutely. You also, as you mentioned, Russell Domingo, I mean, he was he was left hanging. Uh, I'm not sure if he had been told. We spoke to uh, to Haroon Lorgat earlier this week, and uh, he confirmed to me that Russell Domingo was in the know all along. Uh, I, I've heard different stories, but uh, he's, like you say, he's been moved to SAA coach, the South African A coach. In my mind, as you say, that's a bit of a demotion. I, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you say that Lorgat said that he was in the know. Um, so that means that Domingo's had to keep very quiet uh, for a long period of time. So I'm, I'm actually interested to hear that. But, um, yeah, I think it does make sense now in hindsight. Uh, I think CSA have been hinting that because they did hint that Domingo was keen to stay in South Africa. Um, so their way, obviously, of keeping him in the country and ensuring that he's still got work, was to make him that SAA coach. So I'm, I guess in theory it's the next best thing, and they just wanted a fresh a fresh approach to the setup. So by getting a new process head coach and by keeping Domingo in the system by being the SAA coach is probably in their minds a very good situation. A bit of continuity as well. Uh, he will be working, I don't want to say he'll be working closely with Otis Gibson, but uh, there will be players in that South African A setup who, who would be knocking on the door for, for Protea selection. And uh, in that sense, he will still have a bit to do with uh, the national team setup. Yeah, well, the funny thing about being an SAA player is that it's almost sort of the stepping stone. You know, if you perform for SAA, you move up to the Protea setup. So I wonder if that extends to the coaching system, <laughs> um, because obviously Gibson, his contract runs until the end of the 2019 World Cup, which is effectively, I guess, just under two years. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Domingo does very well for SAA, um, and <laughs> to see if he's knocking on the door come two years' time. That would be brilliant. Tom, part of the speculation as well was uh, involved current Highfelt Lions coach Jeffrey Tiana, and there was talk that he would he would almost be blooded under uh, Otis Gibson as his as his understudy. Any any news on that? Was there any talk of that today in the in the in the announcement? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have thought Tiana being assistant coach for the Proteas would have been the perfect situation because probably the one thing lacking for him is that. So at least if he's with the setup for a couple of years, that would have been perfect for him to then sort of, you know, step in and be weaned in to become the head coach. But as far as I know, the Proteas are going to keep the same backroom staff. So Adrian Burrell, of course, is the current assistant coach. As far as I know, that's how the system is going to stay. That's how the situation is going to remain. And 
Uh, I did actually chat to Tiana on the weekend. He hadn't heard from CSA yet, so he hasn't really been kept in the loop as things have been going along, which is probably another sign that he's probably not part of the setup um, and that he's just going to have to focus on the line for the meantime. But I'm sure they're going to have another look at him. He must have been in the running. And with Gibson's contract only two years long, uh, maybe there's a chance for him to continue to impress in the next two years and put his hand up again. Your opinion on how Cricket South Africa have dealt with this issue? Uh, I mean, in my mind, it wasn't it wasn't dealt with uh, probably as, as well as they could have dealt with it. They've got a lot on their plate right now with the Global T20 and the draft taking place and, and all of that sort of thing. But uh, surely national team and, and national team coach with a series looming, it's less than a month to Bangladesh uh, coming to South Africa. Surely that should take precedent. Yeah, I mean, I think, as you said, CSA have had a lot on their plate in terms of the T20 Global League and such. But, um, yeah, I think, I think there must have been some complications there with ECB. I know that ECB wanted some compensation for the Gibson situation because Gibson is contracted with England until the end of 2018. So there was probably quite a bit to sort out. And obviously, I think it was about two weeks ago now, Gibson confirmed that he'd be with England for the West Indies series. So that threw another spanner in the works for South Africa. So, I think they always knew. I mean, they were, you know, the, the panel uh, task with choosing a coach, they recommended Gibson on the 25th of July. So that was just over a month ago now. But in terms of making it official, maybe there was still quite a lot that needed to be done. You know, coming to terms with the agreement between England and South Africa, England probably weren't too happy with that situation because they've got the ashes coming up. So now they're going to have to find a new bowling coach. And obviously Gibson was probably doing quite a good job. So, and then coming to terms with compensation and then getting Gibson to sign that contract, maybe there was just quite a bit that needed to, to be done until CSA made it official. Tom Sizen, editor of SA Cricket Magazine, thank you so much for your time this evening. Much appreciated. Uh, with, yeah, less than a month to go till Bangladesh arrives and uh, following their famous win against Australia today. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, particularly after the England series, some work to do ahead of that one. Thanks for your time tonight, mate. Cool, yeah, the new era begins. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some tennis now. The US Open continues day three today, and there is lots of tennis in store with uh, a bit of uh, rain about yesterday. Lots of matches weren't able to be completed, uh, and they've all carried over to today. Simon Cambers joins us now. Simon, a, a full, a very, very full schedule for today, but there's uh, quite a bit of South African interest. Both Kevin Anderson uh, and uh, Raven Klassen both scheduled to play today. Well, Kevin Anderson's definitely playing. He plays against Ernest Gilbert in his second round match, but actually they cancelled all the doubles matches today because because of the rain yesterday. So you've got 87 singles matches. So Raven Klassen and Rajiv Ram will have to wait till Thursday to make their debut. But yeah, Anderson has a, a, a very winnable match against Gilbert, who's a former top 10 player, of course, but has been out of, uh, out of the rankings really with injury. You'd expect to get past it. As far as uh, the action that's taking place at the moment, uh, anything of interest? Any any shocks in in, in the in the lying in wait, uh, particularly on the on the men's side? We'll, we'll talk about the ladies in just a moment. On the men, yeah, on the men's side. Well, at the moment, uh, Dominic Team has already finished off his match. He's gone through. He's also in charge of his match with Ryan Harrison. So those two have gone through. The big big matches in the men's are a little bit later. Uh, Juan Martin Del Potro is in action against Henri Laxon in Switzerland. We've also got the young Canadian, Dennis Shapovalov, against Joe Wilfred Sonder, the number 18. Sonder could be in for a real, really hard match in that one. And Grigor Dimitrov, he's the number 17. He's been in great form recently. He won the title in Cincinnati. He's made a very good start. His first round match between, against Vaslav Safranek. He's a step up 
going well in the second, he's looking pretty good. As you said, in the women, we've got Eugenie Bouchard, who's on course at the moment. She has struck it. She is a set and four one down to Evgenia Rodina of Russia. Simon, what's happening in the ladies' draw? The, the seeds seem to be falling left, right, and centre. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for seeds to go out in both men and women. You know, with 32 seeds, it's, you know, it's less of, a, less of a, a benefit than it used to be with 16 all those years ago. But, yeah, Bouchard has been sort of very out of form over the last year, so she's not seeded this year, but she is uh, a favourite to beat Rodina, but it looks like she's going down. Obviously, we already lost Halep to Maria Sharapova, but then Maria Sharapova is a champion. That's not the biggest surprise. Talking of Sharapova, she plays also later on against Dumea Babos of Hungary, and it'll be interesting to see how she backs up that win over Halep. You, very often you see someone have a, a big win and then have an emotional dip, but uh, Sharapova's very experienced, and you expect her to win through that. Yeah, uh, and let's touch on Sharapova for a moment if we can. You, you mentioned that big emotional uh, sort of win that she picked up on, on day one. How will that affect her? I mean, she's, she's proved herself over, over the years. She's, she's a great player. She's got a great temperament. And uh, she, she might want to prove a few people wrong this, uh, this fortnight. Yeah, I'm sure she will want to uh, prove people wrong. I mean, you've got to remember that she was given a wild card into the event, which is a little bit controversial because she's obviously coming back from a 15-month doping ban. A lot of people don't think she should have been given a wild card, but she has been. So from here on, we've just got to accept that. Um, and, yeah, she is so experienced that you would think that she would be able to deal with it. But she put an awful lot of emotional energy into that match with Halep and physical energy. And it'll be, she hasn't played many matches this summer. She's played one, in fact, in the, since May because of injury. So physically, it'll be interesting to see how she recovers. But I would have thought she'd be good enough to get past Babos. He's a decent player, but not a world beater. But then how far, how much further she goes, that's, that's really a difficult question to answer. Mm, absolutely. Well, Simon, thank you very much for that update. We'll have all the results for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. Coming up next, we'll chat Comrades Marathon. I am hope. 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 Help us celebrate Sunflower Day on Friday, 15 September. Buy your tope for only 25 rand today. It's the ordinary, everyday people who do the most extraordinary things. Contact the Sunflower Fund toll-free on 0800 121282 or visit sunflowerfund.org.za. Hope begins with you. This is an SABC Foundation-supported initiative. The heat is on in the 2018 World Cup qualifiers as South Africa battles it out against Cape Verde in the return leg of Group D encounters. The Blue Shots will hope to upset the host in their own backyard as Bafana Bafana fights to raise the South African flag with a win on home soil at Durban's Lotus Papita Stadium. SABC Sport brings you live action on Tuesday the 5th of September at 7pm on SABC One and your favorite SABC radio station. SABC Sport for the love of the game. She's a mother, a daughter, a comedian, a grief counsellor, a firewoman, a chef, a partner, a wife, a fashion fundi, an engineer, an accountant, a leader, a motivator, a debate champion, a babysitter, a soccer coach, an athlete, a doctor, a moral compass, a tutor and a friend. This Women's Month, SABC celebrates all that women are capable of. Hashtag she is power. Some may say we still have a long way to go as South Africans, but knowing and upholding our constitution is a step in the right direction. Section 17 of the Bill of Rights states that everyone has the right 
peacefully and unarmed to assemble, to demonstrate, to picket, and to present petitions. SAFM, reminding you of the power that is our Bill of Rights. And that's what makes us South Africa's news and information leader. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader. SAFM and uh, the sort of social media world was abuzz today following uh, the big launch of the 2018 Comrades Marathon campaign uh, heads of next year's race and we join now by the race director Rowan James. Rowan, welcome on to SAFM this evening. Thanks for thanks for your time. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Brad, and uh, good afternoon to all the SAFM listeners. Rowan, some big big announcements made today, and uh, obviously entries opening this Friday. We'll chat about that in a moment. But I think the biggest of them all was a change in finish venue from the traditional Kingsmead Cricket Stadium 2018 downrun, finishing at the Moses Mabila Stadium. Very much so, uh, Brad. I think it's uh, you know two iconic brands coming together, and Comrades brand, and, and then also the Moses Mabila brand, and, uh, and also just as a stadium, it's certainly an iconic uh, landmark in KZN as well. Rowan, as, as far as the, the Finnish venue, I know it, over the last couple of years, probably since the 2010 FIFA World Cup, there's been lots of talk about when will it happen, when will it happen, and one of the, the big talking points around it was the possibility of lengthening the route. What's the story there? I mean, if it continues down the, the traditional comrades' routes, uh, we're going to add a, a couple of extra kilometres. Is that the case, or is the route changing? Right at the moment, no. Uh, so uh, there's, there's two options available here. Number one is that if you stay on the existing route all the way through uh, to Kingsmead, but then and then you would carry on past Kingsmead to uh, Mosmadita Stadium, that would add about two and a half extra kilometres onto onto the route. So uh, first prize, no, we certainly don't want to do that. Um, so I have got another couple of options lined up potentially. In other words, the last eight k's around about 40 foot cutting is to break off the normal route. And then cut through the back and over the barrier and then down to Moses Mabiza that way. Um, so effectively what will mean is that you don't run on the N3 national highway or freeway at all. And then also that means that you cut out that, uh, what's known as the concrete canyon as well. So, uh, nothing is finalized yet, Brad. I've obviously still got a meet with, uh, traffic, uh, it's a query metro traffic, but, um, the thinking is to go that way around over the rear, around the back, and then we'd be roughly the same distance then as the 2016 down run, which was 89 on the two days. Can, can you make it as flat as possible if it does change? Well, uh, it all depends <laughs> on you're going to run it again. So uh, um, we, we find to. Uh, obviously, there'll be if we are successful in getting the route to come over the rear, there will be a naturally a short, soft, very steep uphill uh, in the region of about 400 metres. But then the big plus factor is once on top of the barrier, it's, it's quite a, a tumble down or uh, almost a mine shaft down to, to Moses Mabida for about the last 4K. So, you know, anyone who's a prospective borderline case for a medal can definitely pick up two, three minutes per kilometre quickly at that stage. So that would be the positive on it. Rowan, also uh, the date, the 10th of June, there's been some big changes uh, in, in the last bit with regards to uh, when Comrades is going to be happening. I know the date has changed a bit probably over the last two decades, but this is it now. I think uh, it's going to be around that date going forward. Is that correct? Correct, uh, Brad, yes. So the, the board made a decision uh, two years ago that the race will now always take place on the second Sunday of June going forward. And the main reason for that, uh, Brad, is that uh, Marisburg is a small place and they were force of main events on the same weekend so it really stretched the local support services from traffic management to disaster management, SAPS etc on the one hand 
And then secondly, accommodation was always a massive problem because it was always uh, oversubscribed with all those events on the go. So effectively the main, uh, the, the, the two smaller events moved, Art in the Park and uh, Cars in the Park moved out to May. Um, but where Combos was clashing with the Royal Show, which has been going for about 157 years. So what, what the Royal Show always fin- uh, finishes on the uh, first Sunday in June. And hence the reason of comrades going on to the second Sunday of June, so there will be plenty of accommodation available. And also it means that comrades then also encourages local, stimulates local uh, economy and growth here from uh, B&Bs and that sort of thing being available sort of two weekends in a row, so double whammy for all of them. Ron, tell me a little bit about the, the slogan for this year's race as well. The last couple of years there have been some incredible sort of race slogans, and uh, I know that the South African runners really get behind it, but the international runners love it as well. What's, what's the slogan for 2018? So the slogan for this year is Isajiki, no turning back. So uh, um, there's a couple of uh, meanings for that uh, as well, and I think number one, first and foremost, is that uh, once everybody starts their training, Come the first of September, which is Spring Day, then uh, it's effectively no turning back. Then the hard yards and the, the hard grass starts, and laying the platform to get to to race day on the tenth of June next year, and more importantly, on on race day tenth of June, just to keep putting one foot in front of the other on the journey from Peter Maritzburg down to Durban, and uh, certainly no turning back because the the, the 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 shortest way and the best way will be direction Durban, not Peter Maritzburg. Entries open on Friday, and uh, again, they'll close on the 30th of November or before or when the, the cap of 20,000 runners is reached. Rowan, entry fee, one of the, the things that I've seen pop up on, on social media today, particularly from the international runners, is the, the, the massive difference in, in entry fee between the South African and, and local entries to the, to the internationals. I think early bird entries, 460, local 500, and the internationals, 3,300. That's a, a huge jump for our international visitors. Yeah, um, Brad, it's, 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 uh, it is a, um, an above average increase for the international visitors and, uh, the reason for that is twofold. Number one is that, uh, most of the operational logistical costs for the race are, are going up quite dramatically in the region of 13, 14 to 18% year on year. Um, sadly, we're at a stage now where, where the country's in, in recession and the economy's in, in recession. So, so what tends to happen there as well is that, uh, while the, you know, the, the um, stat SA puts out a CPI or consumer price index rate, it's, uh, the, the, the operational costs don't uh, keep anywhere near that. But more importantly is the international guys, um, there's quite a few perks in, uh, that we, we do offer them as well for that entrance fee. Uh, and then thirdly as well, the, 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 the devaluing of the RAND as well has also had to pull everything in line. So uh, that's what the difference is there. One of the, one of the things that we have done is that we've actually done away with the, what's known as the rest of Africa entry. So all the, all the, uh, rest of Africa entrants that were, um, entering the race and that will prospectively enter the race will now pay the same entrance fee as the South Africans. So that's actually a reduction. Last year they paid, uh, 770 rand. This year they'll be paying 460. So while on the one hand, off the continent of Africa, yes, there's an increase, uh, on the other hand, on the, on the continent of Africa, there's a decrease. Rowan, and then just briefly from a qualification point of view, with it being on the 10th of June next year, is there any changes from the qualification window, and are those times still the same? I've heard rumblings that there might be some changes. No, no, that's, uh, there, there were the usual rumours and all that being around on social media and all that sort of thing, but uh, you still need to run a qualifying marathon of 42 kilometres in under five hours. The qualification window period uh, remains unchanged. It started this past Sunday with the hosting of the Mandela Marathon here in Peter Marisburg, and it will finish off on the 2nd of May next year, which is 
traditionally after the Wally Hayward Marathon up in Gauteng. Uh, so that's the uh, qualification window period. And then uh, substitutions will run between the 25th of March and the 26th of March and 25th of April. So a one-month window period there. Well, you'll be pleased to know I'm running my qualifier in uh, just over two weeks. We're running the, the Sunland Cape Town Marathon. So we are on track, and the plan is to be on that start line on the 10th of June. So looking forward to that. Rowan James, as always, great to catch up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we look forward to, to, to following the progress of the race in the build-up. If there's anything that uh, needs to, to be uh, mentioned to the runners, please do be in touch and uh, let us, let us uh, spread the word. Fantastic. Thanks, Brad, and all the best with your marathon. I'll be standing on the finish line waiting for you to come in in under five hours. <laughs> no pressure. Rowan James, race director of the Comrades Marathon. Thank you so much for your time this evening, mate. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, by the way, it is uh, the talk shop with Lady Malayo. So that's coming up in just a short while. In some news just in about the Pro 14, you heard from Dion Davids uh, earlier on uh, in the show. But uh, two South African referees have been added to the elite referee squad for the Pro 14 this year. Stuart Berry and Quinton Immelman. So not just two teams playing, but we've also got two referees in that elite squad as well. And uh, in some other transfer news, if media reports are to be believed, Liverpool have had a £35 million bid for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain accepted by Arsenal. So, uh, interesting one there as well. If you have any comments or suggestions, or if you'd like to be in touch, you can pop us an email, sport at safm.co.za. You can reach out via social media as well, at Big Brad Brown is where you can find me, or you can uh, touch base with SAFM Radio. Look forward to chatting to you again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. More sport tomorrow with Janet Witten on AM Live. For myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty, thank you for listening. It is 7 o'clock and time for your news.